0: Hold it the whole fucking time. Oh, to lo- Okay, so you, that now it's good. Okay, now
1: we're recording. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am Joshua Kirsten and I'm here with the lovely Annalisa Howe, and we're going to talk about the legacy of mercury and abandoned mines. <laughs> here we go. All right. For centuries, mining operations have been set up, and then abandoned once they were no longer producing or ran out of funds. Uh, she just gets left behind in the, in the, in the woods or in the mountains. And it, it just, there's a lot of waste that gets stuck up there. Specifically, what we're going to be talking about is mercury. And, uh, how it's used in gold mining, and I'm going to focus on that in the U.S. Um, so mercury was used to extract gold from the ore. And so as ma- materials were being excavated from the earth. Mm-hmm. They were put in this essentially this large box that they diverted river water into. Okay. And uh, once they had it in there to start washing stuff out they just dumped liquid mercury into it. Because the mercury will form an alloy with gold. It's called an amalgam. And so that then sinks to the bottom of this pile. They wash all the other stuff out and what is left is this pile of uh, gold amalgam at the bottom mm-hmm. which they then heat up and it evaporates the mercury leaving behind the gold. Do you think if they were to write a process that it they would call it
0: an amalgorithm?
1: That's possible. Um, in fact, uh, very likely that they did try that. Um, but that person was probably quickly asked to leave.
0: I think it was a missed opportunity in yeah, all honesty.
1: Absolutely. Um, anyway, in this process of washing stuff out, mm-hmm. or... What's what's stuff? What do you mean by washing stuff out? So you you have your rocks and everything that you've dug out of the ground.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And anything that wasn't gold, anything that the mercury didn't form an alloy with, to sure. sink to the bottom, um, got washed out.
0: But it still has mercury on it.
1: Some of it. So okay. Some of these smaller particles uh, did get washed downstream. Okay. And another effect was it evaporating, it uh, being vaporized when they heated it to extract the gold from the amalgam that uh, just let mercury off into the atmosphere. Um, so obviously there's a number of reasons why this isn't a great idea that we understand now. But uh, Looking back 100, 200 years ago in the United States, they're like, Oh, mercury attaches to the gold and the ore, and then it sinks to the bottom? Who'd us it? Let's, uh, let's use that. Let's dump all this into the mm-hmm, water mm-hmm. as much as we can get our hands on, and then, you know, it's fine. It's just fine. Sure. Well, spoiler Cha-ching. alert, not fine. Not so cool. No, not good for the environment at all. So, what we've, in more recent history, in relation to mining history, uh We've seen how harmful mercury is for humans and the environment. One of the reasons it's uh, harmful to the environment is it doesn't really absorb and go away. It kind of just stays there until it goes into something else. Okay. Fish or, um, you know, is eaten and consumed by other animals, mammals. Sure. Such as uh, humans would eat fish.
0: So it's mercury poisoning in the same sense that it is with humans?
1: Yes. Uh, and now in humans, this affects your uh, nervous system. Mm-hmm. And it attacks uh, um, your immune system. And especially in like younger people or a woman that is pregnant, you know, you mm-hmm. don't want to eat a lot of, you don't eat fish.
0: Sure, sure. Big no-no. No sushi when you're pregnant.
1: Right, right. Uh, that's a mercury thing, you okay. know. Because that kid could come out weird Or, you know, not have things That it should Sure Because of the mercury Gotcha Um,
0: What kind of things? Just kidding
1: Weakened immune systems (laughs) You know Uh, And the like Not being able to use limbs
0: Yeah
1: Okay The normal things uh, That you would get from Mercury poisoning Sure uh we we obviously get that a lot from fish, um, like we said, but they've also noticed in, in other mammals in these ecosystems, like uh, having lower reproductive success that they can attribute to mercury in the environment. yeah interesting um, and av- uh, because of the the way that it attacks nervous systems, they can also notice uh odd behavior in some juvenile bird species that have been affected by high levels of mercury. So How? like a normal, more than your normal amount of teenage angst wow. within these birds. More than your normal amount of angst for a bird to begin with. Right, well, right. A pretty angsty species of uh, <sighs> animal birds. Truly. Yeah. So that about covers the background, and uh, in our next episode.
0: Let me ask you a quick question, however.
1: Yeah, you go right ahead.
0: Now, how are they able to detect that these birth defects and the like are caused by mercury? Is this just samples?
1: Are you asking about testing? humans in, like, How, are in, you? In how do you know th-
0: that the environment is so highly affected by mercury? And how can you not attribute it to something else? Is it just the proximity of these mines? What are the factors here?
1: There's that the proximity to the mines, or just knowing that mercury has been released into that area. Sure. But commonly, it is the fish. You look. You can take these dead fish, or mm-hmm. you know, catch a fish and right. test it, and be like, this fish has boatloads of mercury. Sure. In it. Yeah.
0: That's a good pun. Yeah
1: good fish pun mm-hmm. boat loads anyway uh so yeah you're looking at these higher levels of mercury in the fish and they recognize that okay we're we have a higher level in this area so let's look at the behaviors of, some of these birds interesting because they eat the fish they're in the environment too they're going to be consuming in the same way we would effectively mm-hmm. yeah um so what are we going to talk about in our next episode we're going to talk about some of the environmental laws. uh that surround uh, regulating this this stuff with mercury and poisoning the environment and kind of kind of unpack those a little bit interesting and uh, see where that takes us. Sounds great Joshua. awesome Thanks for being here.
0: Thanks so much for having me
1: And we're back. Again, with Annalisa Howe.
0: Oh my god, we're back again.
1: And myself, Joshua Kirshner. In this episode, we're going to talk about the laws associated with Mercury. And uh, how we, or how those laws deal with this these abandoned minds. I'm going to specifically discuss six of these. So bear with me, this will more than likely be the driest of these episodes. Mm.
0: Six specific laws or six specific minds? Laws. Got it.
1: Great question. Great question. So, first and foremost, the Clean Air Act. Uh, the Clean Air Act talks about uh, regulating 188 hazardous air pollutants. Mercury is obviously listed as one of these. Mm-hmm. So... What does mercury have to do with the air? Well, in the previous episode, we talked about how when the mercury forms to the ore and makes that gold amalgam,
0: amalgam. they
1: vaporize the mercury to extract the gold. Okay. So uh, where does that mercury vapor go?
0: Into the air.
1: Into the air, yeah. So that's where the Clean Air Act comes into play here. Okay. Yeah. The next one would be the Clean Water Act. And uh, under this act, states had to adopt uh, standards for their rivers and streams and lakes, wetlands, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and these define acceptable levels of pollutants uh, for many things in the water to include mercury. Okay. Again, how do we think mercury gets in the water? How does the Water Act cover this? Washing it out with all that gold. Sure. And we're just dumping it right in. So in these mines, they were just redirecting portions of these rivers to wash the gold with. And then whatever didn't get collected, just down it just went. Just run off. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, the next one is the Emergency Planning and Community Right to Know Act. And this, this requires industrial facilities to report emissions of chemicals, including mercury and mercury compounds.
0: Who, who is required to report this?
1: Industrial what? facilities. Okay. So let's say you are operating a mine now. Sure. You would have to report how much of these chemicals uh, you were emitting okay. into the so environment. So you have this
0: transparency. Yeah. Cool.
1: Uh, the next of these is a Resource Conservation and Recovery Act. RICRA. RICRA, yeah. We know that one. Yeah, You're yeah. We're aware of that. And uh, it requires the EPA to manage it hazardous wastes from when they began through the process of storage and transport okay, to when they are treated and disposed of. And before they can be disposed of, they must meet those EPA standards for treatment and recycling. Cool. Um.
0: So this goes hand in hand with that previous one where you have this transparency of reporting that to the EPA, right? So if you have all of this hazardous waste that you're giving to the epa is that
1: right uh so the one prior to this the emergency planning community right to know act Mm -hmm. that is to everyone that's for all of us to know like if they're putting a mine next to my house they're gonna have to knock my door put up a fire you know hey
0: do they also tell you what they're giving to the epa for hazardous waste or hazardous material
1: they would have to yes yes um and so under rickra here uh that kind of goes more into the side of Now we're cleaning up these abandoned mines. Um, Sure. And so they're regulating how we move this stuff around and how it eventually gets disposed of. Mm. Uh, The Safe Drinking Water Act, very similar to the Clean Water Act in the sense of how it relates to mercury here. Um, Standards are set. We don't want X amount of things in the water that we're going to be drinking or using in our homes mm-hmm. um and so it talks about how these uh contaminants can get in the water and the drinking water and it's limiting the levels obviously and a few ways that this can come in the water outside of mining specifically would just be from erosion uh what it says erosion of natural deposits so Yes, mercury exists naturally in the environment, and so stuff could erode, and then there it is in your water. Sure. But also, some of these things could be erode, eroding around old mine sites where the tailings are, and then you're getting more mercury okay. into the water. Okay. And uh, finally, we're going to talk about the uh, mercury export ban of 2008. And... That one just uh, reduces reduces the amount of mercury that there is in commerce. So they said, we're going to nip this right in the bud. If we're going to prevent mercury from spilling into the environment, the best way to do that is make mercury harder to get. Sure. And so uh, that's obviously a more recent thing. That doesn't help hundreds or even maybe thousands of years of mining operations and what they've done. But these are more recent laws that are going to go into the... Uh, the cleanup operations sure or, or current mining operations ok but that covers the uh, the laws that would affect uh, mercury and abandoned mines
0: cool I can see that yeah. what are we going to talk about next
1: you know next we're going to talk about uh, some of the the stakeholders in this in this case study uh, and their perspectives what are their takes you know what's their side little role play little yeah little role play
0: interesting ok
1: alright that's it. Welcome back. We're here to talk about some of the stakeholder perspective in the legacy of mercury in abandoned mines.
0: In Lacey mercury?
1: Legacy. Oh. Yeah. Thanks.
0: Alliteration wouldn't kill you.
1: Annunciation? Damn it. <laughs> So, there are five main stakeholders we're going to look at uh, for these for this specific case study. Uh, the EPA, landowners, local government, state and federal natural resource trustees, and a thing called PRPs, or Potentially Responsible Parties.
0: Okay.
1: So, the EPA, their role in this is going to be... Uh, to provide studies on the sites, so on the abandoned mine, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to map these out and do uh alternative analysis on uh, just presenting some of the options. Okay. Uh, then they're going to get all that information together and they're going to provide a demonstration of uh, the project funding and the implementation of said project. Okay. And do some feasibility studies and calculate the risk assessments and kind of handle the coordination of the efforts of cleanup over the entire life of the project. Okay. Cleaning up of the abandoned mine in um, the mercury in the area. Uh, the next one to discuss will be landowners. Um, these stakeholders will be effective, affected for obvious reasons. The abandoned mine is In their area, they're going to be the most closely affected by the mercury leaching into the environment around them. Uh, So they will be engaged in uh, the selection, design, and implementation of the cleanup process uh, to make sure all the lands, private and public, are returned to a beneficial use in that area. Okay. So, and this is is landowners that are... uh, you know, private landowners, or maybe a business that owns land out there, but just anybody that's really operating in the area of these abandoned mines. Mm. Any questions so far? None yet. Oh, great! Thank you. Fantastic. So next would be like local government, um, and they'll be involved because it's you know it's in their backyard. They're uh, they're dealing with this. The landowners are are most effective, but second to that would be the local government because this is their we'll say county
0: because they like to get involved in everything
1: right you know they gotta have their hands in every cookie jar sure sure as many as possible I get the feeling um and they're gonna aid with the the EPA in coordinating the project cleanup over the whole life of it um since they'll be the the closest government agency to what's going on
0: so, everyone's assisting in cleanup.
1: Everyone is assisting in cleanup. Uh, a lot of it is coordination. So, reading through these stakeholders, since a lot of them are government agency, it's a lot of bureaucratic... Sure. Um, one of the... Uh,
0: like, who, what are you responsible for? What are you responsible for? What are you responsible for?
1: Right. and most of these people's role, they're claiming the role of uh, supervisor. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, supervised being one of the most important steps in any process um, but most government agencies they're going to take the role of supervisors so they're not you know actually having to do a lot of work um, so the next one would be like your state and federal natural resource trustees um, these would be different agencies such as like US Fish and Wildlife or the Bureau of Land Management BLM, sure. The Department of Justice, even, comes into play. Ooh, a little DOJ. Yeah, a little DOJ.
0: I'm here with your acronyms. Uh,
1: The state's own health agencies, fish and game agencies, they're going to be closely involved with the remediation process, too, because it's their state. Mm -hmm. So we're we're big on having that separation. Right. We don't want, you know, government to be too big, overreaching. So the state's going to make sure that we're handling it that way. I see. And I don't know if you knew this, but states in America are in charge of their own wildlife. The U.S. government does not regulate wildlife. The states do. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's another conversation for another time. Excellent. Uh, And finally, uh, potentially responsible parties, PRP. And that's exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) Uh, They're going to... The DOJ, this is where they come involved. They're going to find the guy that was like... I'm going to dump okay. a bunch of mercury out here. Okay. Seems like a great idea.
0: Likely suspects. Yeah.
1: And then okay. uh, and they're going to be like, knock, knock, knock. You're going to pay for this cleanup. Yeah. And if they're like, well, the thing is, I can't. Sure. Because uh, one of the reasons i abandoned this mine is I don't have any money. Mm, don't want to. And uh, I don't want to pay for it. Sure. So uh, they will reach some sort of settlement. Okay. On how the funding is. I see. Uh, a lot of cases, especially in this state, there are a lot of abandoned mines that are very old.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We we don't know. Yeah, especially yeah. here. We don't have uh, really any anybody that can be blamed or anybody that can pay up. So, other people are footing the bill, but they are going to find they are going to conduct research to maybe try to determine. The, the age of these party. mines, or the uh, oh, okay. Uh, it's it's part of the process of seeing if there is a responsible party. I see. Because obviously, if there, if someone is responsible for dumping the mercury, through mining or any other reason, they're gonna be the ones that pay for the cleanup.
0: So the and that responsibility could go back that many years. Could go back. If and the back company
1: and would be around, yes. Huh. So let's say, there's a mining company, here in Denver, that has been running since the 1850s maybe okay um and they determine that that company is responsible for x amount of abandoned mines then they would be paying for the uh cleanup process of these mines cool right. so okay. that covers the uh the stakeholders in this case um and in the next episode ooh what's next we're going to we're going to talk about, again, the stakeholders, but what are the social and environmental implications of their individual perspectives, each one of the five that we just discussed.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, that's it.
0: Great. Thanks so much, Joshua.
1: Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> All right, for this last episode... <laughs> We're going to talk about the um, social and environmental implications for uh, each of these stakeholders. Um, So for the EPA, obviously the social side of it, you know, they're in view of the public. Sure. Everyone expects them to be involved. Um, And environmentally, that side of it, uh, it's right there in their name. They're the environmental... Production agency. Exactly. Cool. Uh, so, their their concerns with it are we're doing this for the public, and it is our role to protect the environment. So there you go. Mm. That's theirs. That's their role. Yeah. Uh, for the landowners, uh, socially, it, it's it's their land. You know, it's it's where they live. Right. It's uh, whether they grow crops their there. Home. Where sure. Their Their kids are playing. Um. And they want that to be healthy land that they're living on. You don't want to live you don't want to turn your lights out or the sun goes down and the ground is, you know, glowing. Sure. Irradiated in any way. This isn't Stanley Lake or anything. Uh we wanted to uh you know, the, no mercury. You know, mm-hmm. They don't want that. No. Uh, so that would be the landowners um concerns. Okay. Uh local government. You know, this is this is one of those things where they may have allowed these minds to do this in the past and so now they're going to they're gonna have to take a step back here and be like well guys we're going to side on the, on the environmental side now and we have to protect the people um, rather than maybe protect commerce in the area as they may have done in the past so socially they're going to have to shift gears and err sure. on the side of the people um, or and at least put on the face of you know we care about the land that you live on Um, and no amount of money is worth you know, your health that kind of thing human life exactly Uh, going into the state and other federal natural resource trustees a lot of these were created specifically to um, protect the environment I mentioned in the last episode that states control their wildlife Mm -hmm. Uh, that's why um, hunting licenses are state issued fishing licenses are state issued you don't have a, a national hunting and fishing license or anything like that. Right. Because uh, the state is going to regulate how much game is in their state and whether you can or cannot hunt it or fish it or harvest that. Um, because they're going to determine if those populations are healthy. They're also the ones that are going to determine, is there mercury in our fish? How much? Is that too much? We should probably look at where this is coming from. And uh, deal with that. Mm-hmm. and so these guys might be the ones that are telling you, "Hey, we have a mercury issue here because of these fish." Um, so that's gonna get more people involved to dig around the area, and be like, "Yeah, we got an abandoned mine over here. Needs to be cleaned up." It's and once you get in. once you
0: get people scared about their way of living and their health,
1: mm-hmm.
0: more people are gonna be actively
1: involved. Exactly, exactly. It really motivates people when you uh, tell them. Uh, that, that their health is on the line yeah finally uh, potentially responsible parties uh, this can go a number of ways they they might not have any concern about what they're doing in the environment they may be fully aware right. um, and they may be a foreign company that's just been allowed to work wherever and then they'll be like oops and leave and they may have asylum somewhere else and we can't go after them and that leaves this on us to deal with. That makes sense. Or they may dissolve this company into a million subsidies and now there's no responsible party. Um, or they, it may be an older thing, in the case of some of these abandoned mines that are very old, uh, legitimately not aware that yeah. mercury was bad. So they were just right. like, this is the best way to collect the gold, this is what we're going to do right now.
0: Kind of like lead, lead paint.
1: Right. Lead They're like, this paint. is good paint. Right. Uh, obviously turns out the kids like not it not so great kids <laughs> like it they're picking at it eating mm-hmm. it off the walls sure um, you know little do we know later they're gonna have a lot of issues with mm-hmm. that you eat let paint uh, present company included right yeah but you know sometimes it takes you ten years to graduate college and you're not a doctor in the end but <laughs> you uh you know you take that time and you finish everyone's different yep uh do we have any questions about this whole topic
0: I think Winston has a few questions
1: Winston uh, I guess he changed his mind Oh, <laughs> maybe not alright well that concludes uh, my podcast series on the legacy of mercury and abandoned minds thank you for your time Dr. B we enjoyed thanks Dr. To you. B
0: I miss you very much